trained by grace. And uh, uh, thank you, Corey, and uh, all the worship team. Um, I want you to just with me review just a little bit. And those of you that may not have been here last week, uh, just give you enough to catch you up to where we are. You can get the CD, um, I believe, back in the bookstore if you would want to get a copy, or you can listen online. But uh, if you would, Millicent, I'm sorry you didn't get this till just a couple of minutes ago, but Titus 2, 11, and we're going to be looking at it in the uh, Amplified, if we could. Titus 2, 11 through 14. I really love it when the Holy Spirit demonstrates what he's going to teach before he teaches it. Hallelujah. And that's what worship was tonight. I'm going to be talking a little bit about trained by grace in worship. And uh, so I believe that God wants us to, to understand that he has made a way for us to enter into his presence, not, not in our own being, uh, in the natural, but when we click into the spirit and we get into that place where our spirit really comes into the place where the spirit of God is. And, uh, you know, it said in John 4, one day people will worship me in spirit and in truth. And in that place uh, is where the anointing of God, where the grace of God moves. And just like uh, Pastor Elizabeth said, things are changed. You, you can be standing right here, but things are changed. Uh, not just where you stand, but in situations and circumstances where you may not even be at the time. So let's look at Titus. And it says, for the grace of God, his unmerited favor and blessing has come forward, appeared for the deliverance from sin and the eternal salvation of all mankind. And then verse 12 says, it has trained us. Everybody say grace. It has trained us to reject and renounce all ungodliness, irreligion, worldly, passionate desires to live discreet, temperate, self-controlled, upright, devout, spiritually whole lives in this present world. Everybody say grace does that. Yeah, let's pray. Father, I thank you tonight for your word. I thank you that it's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's able to change things. Right here in this house tonight, we thank you that we will be changed from glory to glory, that not one word that is spoken will, will lie on ground that cannot produce, but it'll go into good ground, and it'll bring forth a harvest, and life will come from this word in Jesus' name. And everybody said... I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. Amen. All right. Well, to train, uh, I was thinking of Sandy Marshall for a, a while there. Sandy had a trainer, and she would go to the, to the gym three times, I think, a week or two times. And uh, that trainer wouldn't say, what would you like to do today, Sandy? You know, I'm just at your disposal. Do you want to lift up two pounds or, you know, one? What are you feeling like today? No, the trainer, everybody said trainer. A trainer trains, and a trainer has the plan, not the person who comes to be trained, but the trainer has the plan, amen? And uh, I've been there uh, to body pump before, and nobody said, do you feel like doing this tonight? No, they just said, get your weights, and away we go, you know, and follow the leader. So, you know, when God says that he will train us, that means that he has a plan, he has a purpose. Not only that, he has the means and the way to accomplish it in our life. And what we're talking about is trained by grace. And I think um, I've read lots of books on grace in my 30 years that I've been saved. And, uh, and, and a lot of people spend so much time haggling over this. Well, you know, grace just allows you to sin. Well, that is just a lie from the pit of hell. Grace gives you the ability to not sin. 
That's what grace is. It's God's ability working in us. And so as I was getting ready to prepare this message, you know, I looked at that scripture in Titus especially. And Titus is saying the the grace of God. Now, the grace of God in my Bible says it's not just God's unmerited favor, but it also is God's ability. It's his all enabling power to help us do what we cannot do very simply. And so when you say for the, the power of God, the grace of God, the all enabling power of God that brings salvation and salvation is deliverance, preservation, soundness, prosperity, happiness, general well-being. How many of you like to live there? Well, it's possible because of grace, because grace will train us in a way that we live not the way the world lives, which is what verse 12 said. It causes us by training us to live according to the way God wants us to live instead of the way the world lives. And I don't know about you. I said last week when I got saved, my lifestyle didn't change immediately. I remember I had this favorite word that I would say, and it wasn't, it wasn't a good word. You know, my little, my little granddaughter, she's always saying, I forget what she said the other day. Somebody said the wrong word. And it wasn't really a bad word, but she's not supposed to say it. And so she went around telling us that they said the the S word, S word. And my husband said, well, they said the S word. And so finally he said to her, what's the S word? She said, I can't say it. She's three. And he said, well, tell grandma what the S word is. She goes, stupid. Yeah, it was stupid. And uh, so we, we laughed. I mean, not out loud, but, you know, inside. Well, you know, I I had a word that I would say, and you know, it wasn't very long after I got saved that I was in a situation and I said that word and instantly something happened on the inside of me. Everybody say grace. (laughs) It was immediate. It was like, don't say that anymore. I thought, well, that'll be a miracle because I say that all the time. You know, that was my favorite word. Anything went wrong, I'd go, oh, and that was what I said. And so, you know, I I thought, how am I ever going to do that? Well, God trained me because every time that that would start to come, it got to where before I could say it, it, that would grab me. Everybody say grab me. And And it that grace of God, not my ability to stop saying it, but God's ability, his all enabling power to help me be who I was called to be, begin to work in my life. And uh, I would have never called it trained by grace, but God has really been speaking to me. The, the level of grace that we walk in is the level of miracle signs and wonders that we will see around us in our lives as we begin to participate in what God's doing in the earth. And because all of those things are by grace, they're not by flesh, they're not by what we know. You know, now we use the word of God, but we don't make the word powerful. God made the word powerful. So we use the word, but it's his power or his enabling grace. When he said to Paul in second Corinthians, my grace is sufficient. What he was saying was, you can't do this in your own strength and you don't even really merit it, or you're not really uh, the person who makes it possible for this to work in your life. That's the blood of Jesus. However, my strength, my grace in you is strength made perfect in your life. It gives you the ability to do things that you could never do in your own strength. And as I was reading that in my Bible, they give a little bit more in the commentary. But that's where I saw this uh, when I first started studying about grace for a situation I was in. And it says, God's grace becomes his enablement or empowerment to achieve his plan, endure hardship. How many of you have ever had a hard time 
enduring hardship, and access him. We access him by grace. We access him by grace. So I want to give you a couple of scriptures, if you'll turn with me to 1 Timothy. And uh, this scripture in my life in particular really helped me. 1 Timothy chapter 1, and it's verses 12 through 14. And I'll be reading from the King, New King James now. It says, And thank, thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has enabled me because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry, although I was formerly a blasphemer. This is Paul speaking. A persecutor, an insolent man, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace, everybody say the grace, of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. And so as if, if you study Paul, Paul's life, if you read the books, and there's many of them that Paul wrote, Paul was a grace man. He understood grace. He understood grace, I believe, because before he walked with Jesus, he walked in the flesh. And he was, what he said here, an insolent man, a blasphemer, a persecutor. He was not living for God. That was him, the way he was. That's the way he operated. But when he came to know Jesus, he recognized that everything he became after that was because of the grace of our Lord Jesus poured out abundantly in his life. So, you know, tonight, if you're sitting here and say, you know, well, if I've done a lot of things, well, I don't think you probably did, you know, a lot of things any more than Paul did a lot of things. Sin is sin. But yet Paul continually talked about the grace of God. If you go to second Timothy and you look at chapter one, and we oftentimes uh, start in verse six and we read from verse six in second Timothy one, it says, therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God. Now, this is Paul talking to Timothy, giving him his advice, teaching him, training him in the grace that he had learned, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. But if you go on and read, it says, therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings of the gospel, according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and, and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Paul talked about grace all the time. If you look at Romans chapter five, uh, and, and really in the book of Romans, you'll read about grace a lot. We're just going to do a couple of the scriptures, but I think it's important tonight that we understand that everything that God has for us, we are justified only by grace. We're not justified by our works. And Paul, because he recognized that, was able to be trained to walk in grace, trained to be led by grace, trained to operate in grace everywhere he went. And Paul saw God do mighty things. You know, I think about when they, the prophetess, uh, five, five of them, and, uh, and then a prophet even said to him, you don't want to go to Rome because you'll go bound. You know, that was, I mean, he was going to go bound, but he had the grace to go to Rome because he had been trained by grace to know that if he followed what God was given him to do, he would be enabled by God to do that, which was, he was called to do. And there would be miracles and signs and wonders that would follow that. He had been trained by this grace. And he says in Romans chapter five, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have access by faith into what? Into his what? 
grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We only can walk or be in grace once we have faith in Jesus Christ. There is no grace apart from Jesus Christ. There's no, there's no grace apart from faith. It is by grace you've been saved through faith. They work hand in hand together. And if you look at Romans uh, chapter 3, and I always, you know, when I got saved, this became just a, a big thing in my life. Because, you know, I, I'd heard this, which is in Romans 3, 11, 10, 11. There is none righteous, no, not one. How many have ever heard that? And, uh, and that's just to say, you know, you are not righteous. Well, the Bible says that we are righteous through Christ Jesus. We're not righteous in our own ability, but we're righteous because of grace. And this is what it says. If you read on in Romans 3, which a lot of times they don't as they preach that word, it says in verse uh, 21, but now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Christ Jesus to all and on all who believe. There is no difference. And then it says, for all have sinned. And fall short of the glory of God. But then it goes on. Everybody say there's more. This is like Paul Harvey. The rest of the story. Being justified freely by his, by his grace. Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And you can go on and read that. But when Paul talked about what we have in Christ. He talked about grace. It says when sin abounds. Grace much more abounds. Grace is powerful in your life. And that's why when God said to Paul in 2 Corinthians, the things that you're troubled by, do not be concerned with those things because my grace is sufficient for you. What was he saying? Because I've I've thought about that a lot. Most people focus on whether he had a thorn in his flesh. Was Was it something he did wrong? Was it sickness? You know, sometimes the devil gets us so off track of what God's really trying to say. What God's saying there is, if you count on me, if you count on my grace, those things that are going on around you will have no place in your life because grace will take you right through there and there won't be any problem because you'll be able to still operate even those things are swirling all around you all the time. And so when I began to look at this a couple of weeks ago, you know, uh, God reminded me again of Isaiah 55 where he says, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways. But then he always takes me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 that says, the spirit will reveal to me his ways. And in that particular chapter, Paul is talking about specifically that he does not come in the wisdom of men. Everybody say not in the wisdom of men, but in the wisdom of God. And he says in there by demonstration, everybody say by demonstration, Anytime you are walking in grace, there will be a demonstration of the Holy Ghost. There will be a demonstration of the power of God because God operates in that grace that he's put on the inside of us. That's that enablement to do what God has called us to do. And, you know, Pastor John's been preaching on filling, filling jars, filling, filling them up, you know, speaking into people's lives, giving them what they need. Well, there's something that you have that is so powerful that if you stay in grace, there will be a manifestation of the Holy Ghost in that person's life. But the key to that is learning to walk 
in this grace that God has given us to walk in. And you have to be trained. Everybody say trained. And uh, in my life, you know, I was um, totally a performance person. I, I, I was a man pleaser. I wanted everybody to like me. And, and so I always did what would make people like me. Now, you may be here today and say, I don't give a rip what anybody thinks of me. But, you know, that's not true. That's just not true. Every person wants love, acceptance, and forgiveness. They all go together. So we want to be accepted, but we have to first recognize we're accepted in the beloved. Then we can live a healthy wanting to be accepted. Otherwise, it's all performance, and it's all to fulfill a need. And when you're in that realm, you're in the flesh. Everybody say in the flesh. Grace does not operate in the flesh. Grace will never operate in the flesh. We have to get out of the flesh to get it into this place of grace. And so uh, God just told me to just share a few things with you about my life. If you turn to Philippians chapter 4, and uh, this is, you know, I asked the Lord why this scripture. And, it's, and he said, because it's the foundation of your life when I trained you by grace. And, you know, I wouldn't have ever thought uh, to call it trained by grace, but but God has a way of showing you what he's done after he's done it. How many of you know? You walk through things, you think, dear God, I am coming unglued. Have any of you ever felt that way? I mean, I am falling apart. You know, this is not going the way I, I thought we were going to fix me, not, you know, take me completely apart. But you know what? God has to take apart those things that aren't going to function in the kingdom of God. He says, it's my pleasure to give you the kingdom. My pleasure to give you the kingdom. It says that in Luke. What does that mean? It's my pleasure to give you the ability to walk, not in darkness, to walk in the light, to live on this earth just like it would be in heaven for you right here on the earth. That's the way it all started. And so, you know, I've not always seen that, but God spoke to me through this scripture. And it says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice. Let all your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there's any virtue or if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Well, you know, in that scripture, it says, number one, rejoice always. Everybody say rejoice always. I wasn't a person who rejoiced always. I mean, I sang, you know, uh, I, I would sing, but but it wasn't like rejoicing. It was performing. Everybody say performing. Because I grew up, and I, and I was a, as a young person, I had to take voice lessons. I had to learn to play the piano. I had to learn to play the trumpet because my sister, Chris, who wanted to play the trumpet, decided not to play the trumpet. She wanted to play the drums. Mother said, I bought a trumpet. Somebody's playing it. That would be you. And so I took trumpet lessons, or uh, clarinet, I'm sorry, clarinet. So I'm a clarinet player. I take vocal lessons. I take piano lessons. Everybody say trained. I was trained, 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 but I was trained for performance. Now, we all need to be trained, and, and, and God uses those things in our life. We need to have our gifts trained. But that training always was based on performing uh, either in a recital or, you know, getting up in front of people and having to sing and then, you know, people critiquing you on how well you did it. 
and 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 so it was it was a, a performance and there's nothing wrong with performance we grow and we learn through those things i mean i think it's very important i go and watch all the kids at the christian school and they do such a good job and every year they get better at it but it's just like that story i told you last week how rich are you toward god See, there's the training of the world. There's the training and developing talent. But if there is no trained by grace, that talent will do nothing but perform. That talent will never break through strongholds. That talent will never destroy works of the devil. That talent will never tear down. It will never break down. All it will do is make people say at the end, boy, they did a great job, didn't they? Amen? That's the way I lived. And, and when God got a hold of my life... He started just having me play and worship him at the piano. Just sit and sing to God. You know, well, you know, my kids didn't really appreciate it too much because I did that at night, you know, and they would complain. But, you know, uh, that I was, you know, quit singing. You know, I'd hear the banging on the floor. Stop that playing. We're trying to go to sleep. But, but, But God was training me. He was training me to begin to let go of who I was and take hold of who he was in worship. Well, a, a long story short, then I, after I had that year alone with the Lord, and he, he really healed my life in worship. Everybody say in worship. When I would praise him, and, and I would get in that place, just like tonight, when I called, uh, Corey asked me today, is there any song you want sung tonight? I said, oh, I've been, I've been just really hearing the song cover me. And that's a song Corey wrote, and I've just been hearing it today. And uh, as soon as that song started, because I know what this feels like, I could feel the of the Holy Ghost. Everybody say trained. See, and if you don't seize that moment, it's over. It's gone. And so, you know, I didn't know what that, you know, to me, I was, you know, I never did anything unless it's on the schedule. I don't do anything unless we follow the rules. I don't do anything unless it's written in the, you know, music But that year that I spent at my keyboard, God began to have me play all over that keyboard. I couldn't do that. I couldn't read. I only could read music. I couldn't play all over my keyboard. And then he started, I'd hear these songs in my head. Everybody say, trained by grace. I had no idea I would ever do anything with worship. Had no desire to get in front of people. Did not like performance. Did not like trying to do it just right. And so it wasn't anything I wanted to do. But, but I'm talking to you tonight about trained by grace. It was, nobody was there. It was in my living room. It was by myself. And God began to break down those things in my life that would not apply for later. And he began to plug in things that would apply. And you know what he plugged in? Loving him. It wasn't about singing for anybody else. It wasn't about doing something for somebody else. It was about just loving him. Well, when I got to Victory Christian Center later on in my life, and my husband and I were there, they asked me to play the piano. And I didn't want to play it. It was in front of people. First, they put me on an organ. So you know what I did? I just made it so nobody could hear me. I just pushed the silent button and acted like I was playing. This is true confession tonight. And you know what I got back into? Performance. But at another level. See, now I'd been moved. God had taken me, and, and, and I had to play in front of all these people. And I'm not talking about just some people. This is like Jerry Seville, who says, play that instrument. This is like, what's that guy that's the trumpeter that came, and I had to play the organ? 
Phil Driscoll. I mean, God took me and put me, I mean, he pushed me all the way down out of that stuff. I mean, I cried every time I cried. And God said, when I get done, you will be what I need you to be to do what I want you to do because there won't be anything left of you. Well, that was true. I thought I was going to die. I mean, that night that Jerry Seville's up there and I'm up 500 feet in the air, I'm literally way up on a high stage, and I'm at this big organ, and he says, we're just going to praise tonight. I thought, oh, we're in trouble. We were really in trouble because I'm on this organ. But there was a really good piano player, and I thought, surely he'll do something. Well, he did, but if he hadn't have, I would have fallen, passed out off that white piano bench. The whole maybe center, we're talking about a a big basketball arena was full of people and God began to tear down all that stuff in me that had made me perform, 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 perform. And everything that made me think that I could do it. He took it all out because I, by the time he got done with me, I didn't even want it. I was praying, dear God, get me out of this position. And finally, Finally, my husband said to me, Pastor Bill said to me, you know, this is, this is so trying on you. Why don't you just quit? I said, because God told me I have to keep doing it. See, a lot of people, they don't want to get where you get the miracles. They want it to be nice, and everybody loved them. Everybody think, boy, you're so good. I mean, they had a piano player there that night, Phil Driscoll was there, who wrote music, arranged music, could play any instrument. And the man that was sitting there said, Pam, you go play. I'm thinking, you know I can't do this. Why are you doing this? You're persecuting me. You are persecuting me. And uh, he knew I couldn't. Only God. And I got up there on that piano, and I didn't even know what to do. And this is like 6,000 people sitting up there looking at me. And I did some little rinky-dink. I mean, Corey's wonderful on the keyboard. (laughs) Too bad you weren't there that night, Corey. (laughs) But, I mean, you're even better than the other guy was. But, you know, I was thinking, dear God, why are we doing this? He said, because I have something for you to do, and I don't want you to ever think about what man wants you to do. Think about what I want you to do. I thought, well, dear God, do we have to do this? I mean, this is, this is not good. Another time it was playing the piano again, and I heard on the way to the maybe center, today you're going to have to play the piano. On the front row, no kidding, Marilyn Hickey, Brother Copeland, Jerry Seville, all these, all these named people, all of them, they were there for what's called the International Charismatic Bible Ministries. I was supposed to be, I was just supposed to be coordinating and getting everybody to their seat. And I'm in the back, and I heard, you're going to have to play. I thought, oh, God, that can't be true. I, I heard it on the way there. I heard it behind the curtain. I thought, there's a mistake. They, you know, the same guy who made me get up there and play before comes back there. He said, the piano player, I don't know where she is. You're going to have to come out and play. I said, what? I can't play. I, I can't do that. He said, yes, you can. Come on, we're doing it. And out there I go, and I had to play, bless the Lord, oh, my soul. And I'm thinking, dear God, show up in this place. You know, Copeland's looking at, everybody's looking at me. I was all over that keyboard. And he was a guy that when he wanted to go up, he went like, or, or, he, if it was a flat, he went up. If it was sharps, he went down. I don't know what all that means, you know. I'm, I'm just praying, dear God, don't change keys. Because I finally have just about found you, and they ended. Oh. Now, why would God do that to me? Why would he keep doing that to me? 
I am just a person from Lafayette, Indiana, who is out here. My husband is Bible school. I am just a worker in the office. I'm not supposed to be doing these jobs. But I had heard all along, because I want you to only listen to me. I don't want you to care about what these people think. I thought, well, I haven't got over it yet, because <laughs> this is really scaring me. But after a while, by the time I left there, and I got put in a position where I had to say, no, we're doing this, because that's what I heard. And it was hard. And I had to start a song with nobody playing any instruments. And I had to start the rhythm. And I had to make it work with a track. Because I knew God said, do this song. And we had never done it at Victory. And I was leading the worship. And it was the, the night Bill and I left Victory Christian Center. And God said, do this for me. And I did it. That same guy that put me up there those two times rescued me because this was a full arena again. And I couldn't hear the, the music. I couldn't hear it. But he, you know, he had perfect pitch. He was, he's, he was excellent. He, he, I heard him hit the note. Away we went. And it was just so powerful. It was an integrity song. But it was like God said to me when I stand there, I, I couldn't even sing as well as all those people behind me. But I heard him say, that's what I want you to do. I want you to follow me and only me. Everybody say, trained by grace. I'm telling you, being trained by grace is not a picnic. Being trained by grace puts you in a position that unless God himself shows up, you are not going to be faring very well. And every time it happens, you become more secure. But every time it happens, there's less of you and more of him because of grace, because of grace. And in the world today, there is a need for people to walk by grace when God first told me to go to Tulsa, I just got a phone call. I had three kids and my children. How many of you know Corey and Allie's little boys? They were like a year younger than each one of those. And I left with uh, almost 11. Well, John had just turned 11. Matt was getting ready to turn nine. And Lori was seven. And I was a single mom. And God said, you go to Tulsa and you take them. And take this job because a friend called me and said, I'm trying to decide between two jobs. And in that call, God said to me, one of those is for you. Now, let me tell you my state of mind. I was on Valium. I didn't sleep nights. I had no money. And the only people I knew were that person and her husband in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Everybody say trained by grace. See, the things that God is getting ready to do can have nothing of us. But, you know, people, I've learned now, it wasn't easy at the time, but I have learned that whenever God asks that, we are about to see a mighty miracle of God. Because every time that happened to me, that move, and everything that happened in that move connected me with people, put me with people that down the road 10 years later, I had been connected with way back there. And I knew nothing. But I had to be, I had to be willing to be trained by grace. Now, what do we say grace is? Grace is God's enablement and his empowerment to fulfill the call that God has put on your life. You have to be in a position where it's no longer you and it's all him. And this is why when we were at Victory in Tulsa, Pastor Billy Joe once said, oftentimes God will use people who have no ability because they don't know how to do it. They will entirely lean on him. 
But if they have ability, they tend to go with their ability. And they, they, they really are performing, even though it doesn't seem like they're performing, but they can't break through into that level of grace because their ability to do it themselves never lets them get there. And, and probably in my life, I wouldn't have done it at all. I mean, I wouldn't have ever wanted to get up and lead people singing anywhere. But in that particular instance, I did it because I knew that I was singing for Jesus. I knew that I was doing it for him. It was all the way back to that very first moment when I started playing my piano for him. And to this day, whenever I hear something, I hear, I, I, it's like I can feel it. It's like, a, it, like the Spirit of God starts writing on the, on the worship, it's like, it's like he's like, it says he rides on the clouds or he's in the clouds and he rides. I think it's in Psalm 68, maybe where it says he rides on the clouds. I can, I can feel it. I can feel that thing starting to ride. Now, before all I felt was fear, scared, and I would have never done it because what would somebody say if I did that? What would they think? But see, if we're going to live in the realm of the miraculous, everybody say miraculous. Elizabeth said it in the offering. Seizing the moment is going with grace. Always choosing grace. Always choosing grace. And, and I encourage all of you to begin to step into that place where you don't want to step. Because in that place is where you're going to see the grace of God help you be all you're called to be in that level. When my husband was told, you're going to go to Bible school, we didn't have any money for him to go to Bible school. But we had to be trained. Everybody say trained. We had to be trained to be givers. I had to be trained to worship. We had to learn to be givers. We had to be trained in grace. This all really culminated for me when I went to Mexico. And the people I go to Mexico where I go to their base, uh, they would say to me afterward, they would say, say this to me often when I go there, God really graced you tonight. And I'm thinking, what's that, what's that mean? God really graced me. I mean, it didn't, you know, I, I, I knew the word anointing. You know, I knew that word anointing. But when they would say, God really graced you tonight, or God really graced that person when they got up and began to speak tonight, what they were saying was that that grace of God just took them over and out of them came everything that was God, nothing of them. But when you're in that place, at least in my life, I found there can be nothing that hinders you from following him. Nothing. I mean, if you hear it, you've got to move, right? Because if you don't move right with it, then, then it, it's not going to happen. I saw Brother Summerall once, and he, he was preaching in the Maybe Center, and he, he stopped. I had great teachers. He stopped, and he said, the power of God is here right now to heal. Right now. If you need healing, get out of your seat and come. Well, you know, most people are sitting there thinking, well, it's not the altar call. You know, it's, you know they're not playing music. I mean, you know, we, we can't just get up and walk down there. Well, you know, he waited a couple minutes, kind of prayed in the spirit, and then he went on. Here came this lady down the aisle. He walked over there and he said, get back in your seat. It's gone. I thought, oh, he's not happy. Well, you know, he had done enough of walking in that place of grace to know it's here right now. You want it. You can have it. You don't want to make a fool of yourself. You don't want to get out of your seat. You don't want to get in that place. Then you're not going to get it because it's only here for this long. And only those that are willing 
to say, I will jump in after it right now. No matter what, I'm, on my, I'm, I'm, I'm coming. That's why tonight when I was standing there, it was like, start running. Start running. Because he's there. He's standing there. I mean, run right into him. And when you get in there, everything that you've wanted is right there. Right there. Are you getting this? I hope I'm encouraging you because God said to me, we have, if you will make the, the sacrifice of stepping in that place of lack. See, God will put you there in order for you to be trained by it, to be trained by it, to have victory in it, you know, to, to actually see God be magnificent in that place in your life. It's, it's really the most exciting place to live, but it's also the most scary. Everybody say the most scary. Because you have nothing to count on of yourself. And what God is doing is he's depleting you of everything that is you. And he's bringing in everything that is him. Tonight, soon as Corey started playing that cover me. See, there's songs of the house. Everybody say songs of the house. When God gives a song to the house, like the song... When he would give me songs, one day he said to me, I'm not giving you any more songs because you're not singing them. And when I give a song, I ride on that song. The anointing rides on that song. The grace of God comes into that song. The grace of God reached out right for you tonight when we were singing that song. And it just went right into your life. Now, you, right now, you may not feel the fullness of it, but God did something. He did something I saw and you felt, I saw. Everybody say grace. But we have to be willing. Hey, I'll be a fool. You know, I had to say yes. I could have told that man that day in the maybe center, I am not playing the piano. Go play it yourself. Because he could have. He could have done it. But he made me do it. It wasn't him who made me do it. God told me on the way there today, you're going to play the piano for me. And I thought... Right. <laughs> that is not going to happen. I am the administrative lady today. And I had to be trained by grace in administration. Because I just thought administration is telling people what to do. God said, well, we'll have to have some training. Administration is you helping other people be all they can be. And I'm going to train you to be able to see with my eyes what they need. And I'm going to train you to be able to give them what they need for that job that they have. Trained by grace. Trained by grace is character. It's integrity. It's seeing if you believe God is bigger than you are. How many are ready to be trained by grace in some area of your life? Let's stand up tonight. We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or if you have drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.